Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Uh, end of an era. Round two. The weekly show of Light Thunder Action comes to an end today, but fear not, true believer. We are packed to the brim with fire goodness as Nathan Johnson is here to dive into House of the Dragon, as well as James Gunn ruling the entire universe. And after eons of waiting, the arrival of Big Daddy King the Conqueror in the Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, that's a mouthful, trailer, Have I Killed You Before? Episode 106, After the Jump. Welcome to LTA with TCR and JRV. This is where the fun begins. You're just not thinking fourth dimensional. Slurus! Peter Theater 3! Nom nom. I'm vengeance. What? Did we just become best friends? Yup! I love you guys. Hold on to your butts. If we find out you have personalized license plates, you die. Dude, I almost had you. To that I say, alright, alright, alright. Good afternoon, evening. It is spooky season 2022. Still! And it is time for your Thursday night pick-me-up, where two Thunder buddies dive into all things Marvel, DC, pop culture, IP, House of the Dragons, and the latest happenings in the film industry. On tonight's show, Thomas and I are joined by the fantasy guy himself, the Direct.com's world-famous journalist from Tennessee, a good friend with a great beard. Nathan Johnson is on the show to talk about the House of the Dragon finale while I try to follow along. And then we're going to decide whether or not we're okay with James Gunn taking over the freaking world. But before Spoiler we get to alert. all of that, yes. Thomas, where can everyone find our show? We are live beaming directly into your homes and phones via our Lights Thunder Action Facebook and the HWWS Web TV channel on Twitter and YouTube. All of those links can be found at linktree.com forward slash lights, thunder, action. All one word, no hyphens, no spaces. Be sure to like, subscribe, and follow. Well, I was going to say to view the live version of our show, but that's kind of over for our weekly stuff. But guess what? Special events will be coming. So make sure you like and subscribe to follow to view the live version of those special event shows where you can interact with us. But if you don't want to look at our faces, but you love to hear our beautiful bearded voices. Then you can find our backlog of beautiful bearded voices and the current episode with our clean shaven faces on Apple Podcasts, Good Pods, and Spotify. Uh, be sure to follow and subscribe on those platforms. Uh, leave us a review, preferably five stars, if you will. Um, and ask us a question in that review. We'll bring it right on the show and we'll answer it on the next episode. So these are truths. Whew, with Woo. all of that out of the way, Thomas, it has been quite a week. Has it been a week? I think every like single day days. this week, there's been like new news to talk about. New news. And unfortunately, we don't even Multiple have enough Marvel time to trailers. cover it all. 
Yeah. Too. Oh my God. We, I mean, we're going to talk about Kang, but Kang has arrived. You're welcome, world. We didn't even so mention welcome. Kang, and that might be the biggest mm. thing on Thomas's mind right now. How could it not be? He looked incredible yeah. in that Ant Man and the Wasp Quantumania trailer. We're going to get into that. Did in a you minute. see the costume? Oh, yeah. I oh. need one. Oh, I mean, yeah. I need a big daddy Kang Thor costume. You know what I'm saying? Just hair flips all look. around. It's a look. I have a feeling he's going to be a hop, a popular uh, Halloween choice this time next year. Um, he's looking pretty, me, pretty me. sick. I'm one of those. I'm a I would love the it. fuck out of that. No one takes cosplay more seriously than Thomas Carter Rochester. I would love to see the King outfit you put together, my friend. I'll even shave for that debatable. I don't know. We'll see. Mm. But maybe, maybe not. I mean, hey, really quick. Why did you shave? Yeah, speaking of shaving for Halloween really costumes, yeah. um, I actually did just that um yeah i know i was giving thomas a ton of crap last week when we had jack pews on um because <laughs> they were trying to be matchy twinsies and exclude me with their shaven faces um but i decided to be dwight shroot for uh, halloween this year and um i had to you know complete the look with a, yes! a, a clean face so um my fiance alexis was prison mike uh she and i <laughs> went to a uh a halloween party that a, a friend of mine threw and and um, I was afraid no one was going to get it, but I knew I had the face for it. And uh, I was told many times that it was a very good look, almost too many times that it, it kind of started to hurt. But okay. I'm OK with it. Can, uh, can I ask you a question of yeah. these three? Which do you love, if any, Bears beats Battlestar Galactica? Oh, it's tough. See, I've never I don't watch Battlestar Galactica, but of the three, I think that's the most Sorry. up my alley, you know, because okay. like Bears boo, you know, because Chicago hate them they they always let me down uh beets i've never i don't even think i've had a beat that unless it was cooked into something i ate i've okay. never had one uh right. battlestar galactica seen it sounds kind of like star wars star trek and i'm kind of into that sci-fi thing so you, real fast 15 second pitch it is the greatest sci-fi show i've ever watched whoa end of pitch yes Oh. It is my. It has a ninety-five. <laughs> and I'm just now Rot hearing about it on our last weekly. The episode. series. The series has a ninety-five percent on Rotten Tomatoes and like a critic and like a ninety-four oh audience score. Okay, this is all news yeah. to me. Get it um, together, skin job. Uh, by the way, I can talk about it now. I shaved for a Power Ranger adjacent show. It's called Celestial Force. It's a big deal. I may or may not be the Red Ranger. Unconfirmed. I don't know. I do know. Spoiler alert. It is. Anyways, we have so much to go into. We're, we don't even match our avatars. We're clean shaven. We look 15 to 45 years younger than we normally do. And we got to rename this the Beardless Brothers from Terry McIver. You know, that's not bad. It rolls off your tongue very well. Um, should be a viewer warning. It includes facial nakedness. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're going to get demonetized. Do not episode. worry. As because, if we're demonetized. <laughs> because, do not worry. Because although we might have naked faces, the best beard in the universe is rolling on in. He looks like he could be George R.R. R. Martin's ginger twin. Let's give it up for Tennessee's own Nathan Johnson. What is What's going up? on, Nathan? How are you, man? I'm doing great. I'm happy to be here. Excited to talk about all this stuff. And it looks like I'm going to be booting up Battlestar Galactica. Yeah, uh, that's yeah. news to me. Uh, I, I, Thomas has yet to give me any sort of reaction to the House of the Dragon episode that he watched last night. 
where is yeah. your mind right now? Are yeah, you like mentally sure together or uh, um, without mad spoilers? What about you, Nathan? Oh, I'm I'm all there. I'm ready to go. I'm I'm all the way in, all the way there. I just same. I just finished watching New Rock Stars episode ten Easter egg breakdown. And I fast forwarded through. I had fifteen minutes to watch it, and it's a twenty five minute video, so I did some skimming. My eyeballs are burning. I got to a certain point. It's like I know everything that happens after this. I don't have to worry any longer. Um, whew. So before we dive in to episode 10 and all the spoilers in the plot, I actually wrote the plot out, JRB. Look at that. Trying to keep us on time for once. So proud of you. I, I'm not. Um, I want to know. You are the book guy. You have read all of the Game of Thrones books that exist, correct? No, I've not read all of the main series. Okay. Oh. But you've read the Dance of the Dragons, I, I believe. I have. I haven't even read all of Fire and Blood, but I do know Fire and Blood. That's all of the events that happen in the Dance of the Dragons. Well, if you've read two pages, you've read a hundred thousand percent more than I've ever read of George R. R. Martin's handwriting. So, uh, what what do you what did you think overall of season one of House of the Dragon? I thought that it was adapted in the best possible way that they could have done it. Um, in Fire and Blood, the way that it's written, uh, it's told from the perspective of a maester. So he has basically went and got all of these different accounts of these different events. And based on what this person has said and what this person has said, tried to put it all together. So you kind of get the story told from an unreliable narrator. So in actuality, you don't really know what the true events are. You're just taking it from what these other people have said. And this show provides you with what the actual events were. You get to see firsthand and get to be with the characters, what actually happened instead of reading it through the lens of other people. And it, it spans over all of these years. Um, and obviously when they incorporated the time skips and things like that, that was going to worry some people having to recast actors multiple times throughout the yeah. show. But I think they did it in the best possible way they could. Um, I was kind of worried about that, how the pacing would feel with them jumping around so much. But I actually think that this was paced better than those, even better than the early Game of Thrones seasons. Oh, wow. I agree. The pacing, I, I believe it was you who first brought up to me like, oh, yeah, there's a major time jump coming. And I go, what? There is. That doesn't make sense. Oh, they have new actors. That explains why I was so confused watching the trailer, which was part of my favorite thing about the trailer. I was like, that looks like that person, but maybe that person's that person's mom. And I'm super turned out they're the same. They're the same people, the yeah. same, the same ladies, the same guys at times even. Um, So once I learned that, I was like, wow. There must be a lot of shit they got to cover. And yes, they do. They have to cover, if I'm not mistaken, it's like 25 years total of events that have to occur. Yeah. I might be wrong on that. It's definitely two decades, plus or minus. Yeah. So, um, and and it it kind of, it, def- it not necessarily defeats, but it bypasses all the lulling around and, you know, oh, well, we're just waiting on Steve over here to die. Well, we know Viserys dies. That was the last episode or two. 
we know Viserys is dead. We know he dies. So like we were all waiting on that. And then we were like, oh, well, it's leading to this event, this war that is obviously going to happen because the greens and the blacks are colorists and they hate each other or something. Uh, and, then, <laughs> and that gets us to episode 10, the Black Queen. And oh, my God, as as last week, fellow fans and JRB, we were pitching really hard for you to watch this. And I'm going to be honest, I think this week. I've learned not to pitch this show on you anymore. Yeah. Um, oh, I after, think so. Yeah. After what listening to last week's episode and hearing uh, JRB's we'll reasons oh. for uh, different reasons, and then I thought about this episode, I was like, ooh. Oh, is it that bad? <laughs> it is It is bad. Something oh my happens, gosh. and I literally text Jack and go, are you watching? He's like, yeah. I'm like, have you made it? I was like, how far are you? He's like, I've been watching since the beginning. I was like, yeah, JRB's and I are going to watch this show now. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so, we'll, wow. Okay. Yeah, we'll I, was, I was expecting a hard pitch for this finale. You guys I, are like, listen, never mind. <laughs> I would still pitch this, but I know that oh, you're man. not going to like this one scene, and it's it's hard to get through. Yeah. It's easier than episode one for me, 100%, okay. especially knowing the outcome. All right. Like in the moment, I'm like, oh, God, I don't know what's going to happen, but I know the outcome now. And I'm like, all right, I can watch that again, kind of, um, especially because it makes her look badass. We'll just jump right on into the plot. Reyna uh, comes and tells Rhaenyra about Aegon. Boom. That's the opening. I mean, quick, sweet little Luke is being amazing. He doesn't want anyone to die. That's why he doesn't want to take control and have the responsibility of leading Driftmark. Same, kid, same. Uh, and then... Right then and there, that leads to Rhaenyra having a miscarriage because she's pregnant, JRB. Uh, and while she's having a miscarriage, which takes time, and this is the scene I'm telling you is rough. She's literally pushing everyone away, like hunching down, like in a, in a horse. Do you know horse stance from yoga? Yeah. Horse stance, screaming, get out, get out get out to, to, to the baby and then she has birth she literally pulls the baby out and the umbilical cord is wrapped around the baby's neck and it is ha it that hints the miscarriage um and so then she allows no one to help her because she's a fucking badass she wraps the baby gets it ready for the funeral does it all herself um and then goes on and eventually you know puts it on the pyre and her and damon like send it to the heavens valhalla style um be the flame and i was watching and go yep i can't pitch this show to jrb anymore because i don't no. think he's gonna enjoy <laughs> that hey i'll tell you what that and i'm still not proud of this but i'll i'll face it uh day of eighth grade the day in health class when you watch oh the God. video yes. of the pregnancy i skipped school that day and played sick because i am i just have no interest in anything of that nature. So uh, the fact that this show has now it's dived into it twice in two very brutal, very real <laughs> yep. ways. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, it sounds like it's been bookended on either side by something that I have very intentionally avoided in my life. But because it's streaming, you can skip it still. So that's my pick. <laughs> that's my that is my softball underhanded pitch. Like you can still skip it. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? 
Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Um, all the while. No. Oh, all man. the while. Damon wow. is You plotting. can skip it, though. Man, uh, good you pitch. You can. You can. Good pitch. Um, Nathan, they, how how did you feel about that sequence? Yeah, that, I, I saw you sitting there watching Thomas describe it, and you're just like, oh, God, I can't uh, handle this. So Thomas said that the scene from episode one mm-hmm. bothered you more than this one? It bothers me, yeah. It's, it's more about her lack of control in the situation. Okay. She has no choice, no okay. rights, and the whole time you have to hear her blood-curdling screams and begging to stop. And I just can't handle that. Yeah. Visually, this, Visually, this is worse. This scene, this is the first time in Game of Thrones or this show that I have had to turn my head from the screen. There's a shot where it starts on the baby's leg, like yeah. bloody leg, and it's it's already dead. And as soon as I saw that, I had to turn my head. And I was telling my fiance, Madison, I was like, you're just gonna have to tell me when this is when this is not on the screen anymore because I can't take it. Yeah, yeah. This it's was visually harder. This is visually harder, but for some reason, the audio is what killed me the most in episode one. I get that for sure. I I yeah. skipped that on my rewatch. I like fast forward, fast forward, fast forward. We'll skip ten seconds, ten seconds, ten seconds. Yeah, I, I get that. I don't care about the battle. Um, I don't give a fuck about Damon losing in a tournament. Like he's a nerd. Um, <laughs> speaking of Damon, all the while this is going on, he's being summoned by her and he doesn't go to her. And there are some people who think like, oh, he's just trying to take control and hoping she dies. I actually think he's afraid to go and then be asked to like make the same choice that he was asked when it was Bela, or Lena, excuse me, uh, who decided to die by dragon fire from Vega. Oh, what a mistake. Uh, she was the best. And <laughs> And she ends up, you know, dying by fire and the dragon. I think Damon is partially like, no, I'm not going to go to be asked to make that choice ever again. Mm-hmm. Also, he understands, I think, that he has to move forward and get stuff ready and protect Dragonstone. And that's mostly what he's doing. He's getting ready to protect Dragonstone. Right. And then he's also about to send off Ravens to try and, you know, garner support, of course. Luke and Jace are they go to their mother and she's like you do nothing without me you tell damon to do nothing without me he's off probably plotting his war blah 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 and jace is like i'll deal with damon and that eventually leads to like i mean nothing we can skip past that like he he threatens some king's guard shocking he threatens people <laughs> um fast forwarding you know we'll just fast forward right to the the funeral pyre it is there that sir eric with an e i think I, I might be wrong. <laughs> Brings the crown of Jaehaerys and Viserys to Dragonstone. And in that moment, Damon, not only that, he brings it, takes the knee. It looks like he goes through all the Kingsguard vows directly to Queen Rhaenyra. Damon takes the crown, places it on her head in the same manner he placed it on his brother's head two episodes ago, days ago for them, mind you. Yeah. And queen uh rhaenyra becomes queen the black queen right then right there 
and uh, takes the walk into the war room. And that is where I'm fast forwarding through a lot of this. Damon mentions what they need to do. He mentioned, you know, we've got these houses. We've got these houses. We've got these houses. I've got a pony. Uh, <laughs> but he he mentions it comes down to you control all in a force that no man needs its dragons. Damon mentions all of the dragons they have on their side. And he comes up with 13. Because you've got the three children, the three adults, and I'm uh, the six unclaimed dragons, I believe. Uh, you've got uh, Melee, Rainace's dragon. Yep. Um, oh, it's hard to think off the Cyrax. top of my head. You've got Cyrax, Caraxes, Melee. Uh, man, I cannot think of the dragon names right now. Yeah, and then I know you've got we've got Araxes, Rip. Yeah. Uh, Luke's uh, Jace's dragon, whose name has a name, and not Bela, but I can't remember her sister's name. The one who does have a dragon, her dragon. Yes. That's that's six humans with the dragon. Right there. Yes. And then there's a shit ton of unclaimed dragons just hanging out including sea smoke lanor's dragon and i i yep. mean we'll get to this question later but is lanor gonna come back i feel like you know the answer and i don't want the answer i just want to know what you think might happen okay. in the future um so they got all these dragons in this moment in this moment <laughs> They announced that Otto has shown up. The, the greens are here. The greens are coming. The greens are coming. We get another bridge face off with Otto and Damon and Rhaenyra swooping on in. A beautiful, beautiful juxtaposition of episode two, where now instead of being on Otto's side, she's on Damon's side and she is there as fucking queen. They go back and forth. It is beautiful. Otto, a great scene. Otto claims he has all of the emblems or the the rights the all the semblances of power and it's like interesting that it's got to have these things that are what make him the rightful king he's got the conqueror's crown the conqueror's sword the conqueror's name he was knighted by the sept of the seven he by all rights he is king and Rhaenyra walks on up and uh rips off his little hand and says you're a traitor. Beep bop boop. And it ends with her receiving a piece of paper from Otto, which is really from Allison. And it's the page from the book in episode one. What a fucking callback. Um at a, as a semblance of their their friendship. And it is the the warrior queen dismantles her own army. Not her, own, her own fleet in the hopes of peace. And yep. it's like, hmm, interesting. She says, I will give you my, my whatchamacallit on the morrow. Until then, leave my palace, peasant, essentially. So let's, let's catch up. Now let's just stop here and get all of your thoughts along this, this way. This is about halfway through the episode, I believe. Yeah. So, um, 
one thing that I noticed, and I was kind of, I was very sad about it. Um, you've had all of these deaths in the Targaryen family or the Valerian family. Anybody from that has mm-hmm. Valerian blood, and like Viserys, Ama, and Viserys's son that died in the first episode. Yeah, Lena, um, Visenya, which is the the baby that died in this episode. Yes. they've all got their cultural funeral pyres or they've been able to die by fire the way they were supposed to mm-hmm. and Viserys didn't get it I was heartbroken wow. for Viserys he didn't get to he didn't get to have his Targaryen funeral pyre but um, before I forget about it the scene you were just talking about on the bridge uh, two things one is kind of just like a little fun fact um, that page that from the book talking about Nymeria and the 10,000 ships that is set to be another spinoff series um, yeah. that's going to be coming sometime in the near future. Uh, Nymeria is also who Arya named her direwolf after. So okay. kind of how that all ties together. But I did, I did see that on the new rock stars video. I was like, mm-hmm. Oh, look at that. There, there's another show coming out. Is it, mm-hmm. is that the one that is about Lord Corliss or no? No, that's different. Fuck. Yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> and then, the other part of that bridge scene, um, Damon said a line and Matt Smith's delivery was like my favorite, probably the best delivery that I've seen in the whole show. When Otto lays out the terms for um, all of the blacks to that for what if they want to live and they he, they still have Dragonstone and all of this Driftmark, Damon says. Um, I would rather feed my sons to the dragons than have them carry shields and cups for your yeah. uh, usurper king. Something like that. I don't remember exactly what he says, but I was like, man, Matt Smith's line delivery in in that one line was just so good. Yeah, because it was going to be Aegon the Third and Viserys was the ones that they wanted to be cupbearer and yes. stuff, yes. right? Yes interesting well damon you son of a bitch i'm not (laughs) in on that um yeah so i really enjoyed the war room if you will and how damon keeps trying to take control and keeps trying to take control big shocky shock if you ask me i mean not really but sure uh and then after this bridge scene we get to see uh the war room again and i don't know if it was in the first one or or this scene here the table is all lit up so from underneath and we didn't know that was a thing at watching in season seven of game of thrones but damn does it look so cool um and i love the way that you know it really allows you to see the map Mm. that you know we we traipse across it every episode of game of thrones but you don't get to see understand the scope and the breadth of it all and so it's nice to see um this leads to, I mean, they talk about a lot of shit here. I don't remember what happens, but Rhaenyra tells everyone to clear the room and it's her and Damon in a face off. She mentions the song of ice and fire and how it was revered, re- revealed from uh, ruler to heir along the ages. And Damon grabs her by the fucking throat and lost every ounce of me giving a damn about him once again. Uh, it also reveals his distaste for omens in this scene. He's 
You know, Viserys died of them. Visions didn't make us, omens didn't make us kings, dragons did. Okay, sure. It also reveals he's entirely unaware of this prophecy that Viserys yep. never shared it with him, nor, uh, and, and that, that tells Rhaenyra that not only did he not know this, but she was always going to be heir because he was never told this. He was never an official heir in Viserys' right. eyes. Um, and that, you know, is a huge win for her. And it kind of shows again, like Damon, is, you know, lets go and just backs down. He's only here about the dragons, completely juxtaposing what Viserys says to her when he's telling her the song of fire and ice. Dragons are a power men aren't meant to control. Yep. They think we control the dragon, but it's a mere illusion. The dragons are free. It's the omens. It's the visions, the dreams that made us kings and ruling of the nine realms wait sorry that's <laughs> that's asgard my bad <laughs> slip of the old tongue if you know what i mean um <laughs> uh, of the uh seven kingdoms right that's it yeah okay Woo. all right we got there <laughs> kingdoms realm seven nine we're so close um then we find out corliss is alive well, well, first, what did you think about that? I've, that was a huge loaded scene, and I did really fucking hate Damon from that moment forward. Again, he does it every week. Well, I think that I heard a lot of people saying stuff like, oh, they've ruined Damon's character because he would never have done something like this. This is so out of character. And if if this, I'm not defending him at all by mm -hmm. doing something like that. I mean, that's some that's abusive, and I but... It's not out of character. Look at all he's done from... I mean, he bashed his first wife's head in with a rock, um, <laughs> among other things. But um, I think it was just kind of a culmination of all that has happened in these past couple weeks. I mean... Yeah. Viserys has died, his brother. Um, then he gets news that... Aegon has been crowned as the king, and uh, he just lost one of his babies. And yeah, then again. hearing this, like he, did, we learned especially in episode eight when he helped Viserys up to the throne and crowned him. He does have a lot of respect and a lot of love for his brother, and for him to hear that he never trusted him enough to tell him about the song of ice and fire. I think it was just hit. That was just a reaction from him because all of these things had happened in these past couple weeks. It seems like everything that had could possibly go wrong has went wrong and it, it just kind of broke him there in the moment. It is Ryan here. And I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic. 
when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. But he's Absolutely. Had a, he's had a ton of moments throughout the season where you're like, oh, I love Damon. Damon's my favorite character. And then he does something and you're like, well, he's actually, he's not that good of a person. And then he does something <laughs> again and he just goes back and forth. That's how he's yes. supposed to be written. Absolutely. That's That's how I felt like. I'm like, come on, Damon, you can do good. Just stick to it, Damon. Stick to being a good boy. He chokes Rainier, and I'm like, I will fucking gut him. <laughs> uh, even though, like, I, I've hated I hated him in the very first episode. Hated him in the second episode. Kind of liked him in the third episode. The fourth episode, I hated him again because he killed his fucking wife by bashing her head in with a rock. And then it's like, I'm like, I, it's he's he's the most, he is the absolute perfect character to explain what this show is doing in that it is nothing but shades of gray in this series. Yep. Everybody's in the wrong at some point or the other. Everybody's in the right at some point or the other. That is life. We got to make choices and we got to live by them. Good, bad, or indifferent. We as humans outside of that world try to make as many good ones as we try to, you know, we try not to be the, at least I hope not try to be the villain in another person's story. But it happens. There's, I mean, there's politicians for sure that do that. I, I don't know. I'm looking at 95% of you politicians. <laughs> it's voting season. So, you know, <laughs> I got jokers. I got clowns so to the left many. of me, jokers to the right. Here I am stuck in the middle with yous, guys, and girls, and non-binary pals. Um, Corliss is alive. Thank fucking God. All the gods, the nine gods, the 12 gods, the seven gods, the one infinite creator, all of them. I don't really know how many there are in this reality of 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 Westeros, but fucking a thank all of them. He has an amazing episode, uh, an amazing scene with Reyna, his wife, the and, and honestly, after this, after this, uh, this spiel, I really want to question you, Nathan, who your favorite character is. If there's any character that you haven't hated, I'm going to be honest right here and now. Reyna is the only one that I'm like, I. Lenor and Lena are the only two characters I never hated in this series. I kind of hated Corliss at times. I kind of hated Reyna in episode two. But looking back, I'm like, hmm, you know, maybe I didn't actually hate Raina. I just hate that she was forced into a situation where she didn't have as much control as we wanted her to have. <gasps> but they have an amazing back and forth. She yells at Corliss for leaving her. Like, oh, he's like, I lost everything. We lost Corliss. We lost both of our children. And you left. So I lost you too. Um, and then he's like, ah. Rhaenyra, I hate her. Ruins everything she touches. And Reyna goes, at present, she's the only... That girl is trying to hold the realm together on the brink of war when every man around her is thrusting her into war. And it's like, oh, look at Reyna starting to respect Rhaenyra. And I skipped over this earlier, but in multiple of those war room scenes, Rhaenyra is doing everything she can to avoid war, including on the 
bridge with Otto. She's <laughs> trying to avoid war at any and all costs because I think it's very important. The line that Allison said last week was, a queen must count the cost of her people, I believe was the line. And Rhaenyra understands that. Reyna understands that. Not a single fucking king in this, in this reality has ever seemed to understand that. So very important going forward. Um, yep. And it leads to Corliss coming into the war room vowing his his legions his his uh, bending the knee if you will to queen rhaenyra and also announces by the way kids i won the stepstones we own the narrow sea <laughs> like no big deal guess what we can shut down all of king's landing should we want to the, the blockade can begin uh, this is a little Star Wars reference for you, JRB. I know you don't understand it, but <laughs> <laughs> gotta sprinkle in the things I know, man. Absolutely, I appreciate it. Um, he he's very proud to defend his family, his his uh his chosen heir, his heir by right, of course, Luceris, everyone's favorite little sweet boy. This leads to Jason Luke Jay saying, "We will fly by dragon back to Tully and." Baratheon and Stark, yeah, and Stark. Ah, we got there. Um, There's a good name to win. A name so I can remember. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you don't know. The North remembers. <laughs> Damn, that would have been the line. Anyways, uh, Jace is like, we will fly by dragon back. They're faster. Yes, they are. They are going to go there. They're going to deliver the word and seek favor of the houses. Rhaenyra makes them swear upon the Book of the Seven. Uh, the, not, not that seven, JRB, but a different seven. <laughs> a actual good seven that we're supposed Dang to it. bow before. Got me twice in um, like 30 seconds there. I did. They swear to be messengers, not warriors. Meanwhile, along this way, Damon runs down and he's seeking to win the favor of dragon, of the dragon, Jaehaerys, so that he will bond with it. I don't remember the dragon of Jaehaerys' name. Do you? Vermathor. 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 Right. <laughs> I like it. Like That's my dragon totes dibsies. Um, all right. Let's let's cover all this. Let's cover the Lord Corliss, the the warrior messengers, not warriors, and Vermathor. Vermathor. There it is. Before we dive into the horrible ending of this episode. There was a I knew that ending. Corliss. I knew that Corliss was coming back, so that wasn't kind of it wasn't really a shocker to me. But obviously, I like his character a lot, so I was happy to see him back. Um, they really need his ships because he has quite the the fleet. So them, the Blacks, having him firmly on their side is a very good thing for them. Since yes. now they've got all of these dragons and they've got his fleet so they have every right to be kind of not comfortable but have some confidence moving forward uh, and yes but uh, let's see i mean the two boys uh, uh jace we will definitely get to i think they already confirmed that we're going to be seeing winterfell at least in season two um and I would almost put money on it that we'll get the the North Remembers line when he's talking to Craig and Stark 
and who yeah. is the son of uh, Rickon Stark, who we saw in episode one, swear to Rhaenyra. And mm-hmm. I assume like when Jace brings him whatever Rhaenyra wants to say to him, talking about how his father swore to her, I guarantee Cregan will be like the North remembers. We're not gonna, we're not gonna go back on our word. We're because they're they're all honorable people. As as they mention, a Stark never breaks an oath. That's I'm right. Look- they they did say that, didn't they? Yeah, I'm looking at you, Robert. Wait, no, that's not his name. What was his name? I don't remember his name. Right, Robert. Robert, right? Who? That might just be the damn actor's name. Shit. Um, <laughs> John, you have Jon Snow and Rob. Oh, Rob? Oh, yeah. I was close. Oh, that, yeah. Okay. Rob Stark. We're looking at you, <laughs> Rob Stark. Yeah. Uh-huh. He, You know what? It's crazy. He pulled a very real King Viserys in that moment. He did. And it kind of went the exact same way as King, Jah- uh, King Viserys and his wife, Ama. Yep. Oh my god! You know that was the scene in uh, Game of Thrones that made me question: Do I even want to watch this show? They just stabbed an unborn baby, <laughs> and she was like my favorite lady on the show at the time. She was a real lady. She wasn't a bitch, a jerk. She wasn't trying to kill everyone, Cersei. Like, and they just offed her right then and there. And I'm like, oh, oh, sad. Um. I love that you knew that Lord Corlys was coming back. I was suspecting once we never saw a body in that yeah. in that episode, episode nine, like we never saw a body and it was even mentioned like what happens when he comes back? And it's like, oh, yeah, that's a good point. He could actually live. Um, and I was very hopeful that he'd come back again. I hated him for what he tried to do, essentially selling his daughter to the king to be married. Who was 12. I just I dislike it. Me, me no like that. Uh, even though she became literally my favorite character, only to be killed <laughs> like three episodes later. Fuck it. It's fine. I'm all right. We're here. We're good. Whatever. <sighs> Game of Thrones does that a lot, don't they? Yeah, man. And it's good. I, I feel hurt. like that's a, a sentiment I hear from everybody about this show. Constantly. Yeah. Do you want to know what happens, JRB? Well. Little Loki boy is gone to Storm's End. Now I understand why they call it Storm's End. That place is probably always raining, I'm guessing. I was so happy to see, to finally get to see that. Because, uh, you know, that's where the Baratheons are. We mm-hmm. had a bunch of Baratheons in Game of Thrones. You never got to see Storm's End. And nope. um, I don't remember if it was, I think it was episode four of this show. You got to see inside, but you never yes. got to see the outside. And to finally be able to see that as a fan of this universe... I was like, oh, this they did it justice too. Like I the, I'm very pleased with how it looked. It looked way better on the inside this time than in the last episode we saw it in. It did. It it was in mild shambles, and that's when a little boy killed an older boy. And that's <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's the moral of that story. Don't have sons, I guess, because they're just gonna fight. <laughs> I think the moral of Game of Thrones is don't have kids. That's why you love the Thor movies too, right? <laughs> Absolutely, thing. yeah. I I love fighting my brother. Let me tell you, it's it gets old every year, every decade, every multiverse. It just never stops. Honestly, what can I say? Uh, that's why I love Kang. He's only fighting himself slightly, but we go to Storm's End. Luke lands. He sees Vagar. 
looking like God fucking Zilla <laughs> yeah. and Ghidorah had a baby and that baby grew to be like 7,000 years old is what it looks like to me. Like, good God, it's a dinosaur. Yeah. And it's it's it just reminds you that little his little dragon is so small it can land inside of the yeah. walls. Meanwhile, yeah, he goes inside, gives the the scroll to. Well, technically, he gives it to a, a, a soldier who brings it up to him to Ricard Baratheon. Uh, I don't I don't remember his name. Steve the Baratheon, we will name him for now. Um, and he's waiting for a maester because motherfucker can't read. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I thought that was so funny. <laughs> he op- does he open it and look at it and go, "Where's the maester?" Yeah. Okay. Sweet, because I uh, I didn't remember that, but I saw a lot of memes about that one chick <laughs> from Glee. It's just like, <laughs> hey, look at this guy. The maester comes up and essentially bend the knee is basically what it comes and he goes amond here has already beaten you and he was at least willing to marry my daughter what do you bring to me which one of my daughters will you marry i'm not i'm already betrothed i'm not able to marry well then you can leave well then amond being a little cunt that he is sorry uh to people who don't like that word Whoa. it's our one of the it's our one of the episode because he uh, is uh, he tells luke to poke his own eye out. Also, he pulls off his eye patch, and inside is an actual sapphire. It looks so sick. It looks so sick. In his head, like in, in place his, of the yeah. eye. In place yeah. of the eye. Whoa. He's got like a literal That's... gem in his eye socket with a scar going down his face. It looks so cool. That's pretty metal. It's so metal. <laughs> and oh my god, sorry, Julio Jones is active. For the first time since week one. What? He's ready? We'll discuss this later. Should I play him? Short I'm still going to no. say no. But in, yeah. in the league that I have him? No. I have a stacked receiving core. I got Hop, Alave, Brown, Waddle. Come yeah. on. No, keep him on Come the bench. On, we'll talk man. more about that later. I can win that league now. Back <laughs> to the plot. Um. <laughs> He's got the most metal look. And in that moment, I went, oh, son of a bitch. Am I liking Amon right now? Am I? I might be like, I might be an Amon fan. Well, uh, Steve the Baratheon says, no bloodshed in my court, bitches. They run. Luke runs out, hops on his little air axe, flies off. We never see Vagar again on the ground. He's flying. He's flying. He's flying. All of a sudden, Godzilla, Godira's baby little girl, Vagar, comes out of nowhere, swooping in, and you can hear Eamon laughing. <laughs> Very Loki-like. What can I say? Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? 
Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Maybe yeah. that's why I like that son of a bitch. Um, <laughs> Glorious purpose. And he's just like, run, Luke. You can't do it. Run. And, and Luke's trying to run. And he's just like, ah, ha, 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 ha. There's a shot, JRB, that I'm going to send to you here in just a moment. Showing Vagar underneath. It's before it's before Vagar pops up through the clouds. You can see the lightning popping around. And it's it's little Araxes. And underneath the clouds is the monster Vagar. It is like when it's like when it's like when the Megalodon goes under your boat. It's when Godzilla f- uh. swims under your battleship, dude. It is glorious cinematography. Yeah. I loved every second of it. That shot, that shot and the sh- the silhouette shot of Vagar outside when she wasn't like as soon as. Uh, Luke got to Storm's End. That silhouette shot of her outside when it when the lightning hit, yes. and then the shot that you're talking about. Oh, it was so beautiful! Absolutely, uh, I will send that to you here shortly, JRB. But we got to wrap this up because we're running short on time. Luke runs. Luke makes it to the sunny side up mm, before before he runs. Technically, he doesn't really get out fully unscathed here. He Araxes swoops in and you hear Luke screaming at Valerian, No, no, Araxes, heed to me, listen to me, bow to me, something like that. And he, you know, Araxes hits fire into the neck of Vagar. Oh my god, now it is on. <laughs> well, Luke runs and Amond is like, No, stop, and gets control of Vagar. Araxes and Luke make it to the sunny side, and he's scared, and the water's dripping off of his curly-ass strongman hair. <laughs> and out of fucking nowhere, Vagar comes up and chomps Araxes and Luke like that. The head falls, bones are crunching. Luke is gone. Amon is screaming in Valerian, No, Vagar, no! What are you doing? No! He did my command. He doesn't have control of his dragon because the dragon is sentient. And we zoom in on his one good eye and the fear, the shock, the realization of what has just occurred, what he essentially had happen. (laughs) Yeah. The war has begun. And we cut to the war room. This isn't even in the notes. We cut to the war room. And we see Damon silently give the the news to Rhaenyra with their backs to the camera, which I heard was a Matt Smith choice. Yeah. And they zoom in and she turns around and the rage on her face considering she lost two children that day the war is on 
I cannot wait for season two. The quote, and, the quote in Fire and Blood uh, says, then the storm broke and the dragons danced. Yeah. Whoa. That is a fucking line right there. I've kind of given you the plot. I think I've given my thoughts on the plot along the way. What about this end, Nathan? Like, wh- how do you feel about, about, about the storm breaking? It was a change from the book, but in my opinion, a better change. So what happens in Fire and Blood is the remains of Eric's, and I don't know if there was anything left of Luke. If there was, it too, but Eric's remains washed up on the shore, and that's how they kind of pieced together what had happened. So the thought among everybody was that Eamon just killed Luke out of mm-hmm. revenge, um, but I actually liked the change that he was all he wanted was his eye. He wanted revenge for the eye, and then he wanted to scare him. And it goes back to that quote from Viserys in episode one about how they don't have control over the dragons, especially the younger dragons, because Arax is as old as Luke is, so he's only 14, 15 years old. And when he feels a big dragon like Vagar pursuing him, he goes into defense mode and just instinctively burns Vagar. And at that point, Vagar feels like she and Amond are now being attacked. So she goes into defense. So it's not really that they don't have control over the dragons. If something like that happens, it's still a wild animal, a, a large wild animal. They're going to defend themselves and they're going to defend their dragon riders if they feel like they're being harmed because of the bond that they share with each other. But I really liked that change from the book. I think it gives Amond a lot more character depth. Um, when you, when you see him in the book and you, he's been this ruthless person from the very start, he's doing all of these bad things. He started the war on purpose. He's kind of one dimensional. Whereas if you use this, mm-hmm. what was an accident that started the war and he has no choice but to continue on fighting through the war for his side. This is just a stepping stone to him becoming more and more ruthless and more aggressive and gives him a reason to become the way that he may eventually become. I don't know how they're going to ride him in the future, but I think that this gives him more character development it makes his arc better than just, oh, he's just this ruthless guy. This is how he's been his whole yeah. life. Yeah, I um <clears throat> I I I I second that. No matter I've not read the book, of course, but I absolutely love the fact that he just had a one little moment of being a dumb teenager. Yep. And it all went wrong. And my God, if that's not an allegory for life itself. <laughs> Especially when you I mean, really, let's think about it. He's writing a nuclear weapon. We don't have nukes, but we have cars. And all it takes is one mistake. And you can do exactly the same thing. You could kill somebody in a car. And that can change your entire life and the life of many. In this case, it changes the entire complexion of the kingdom. Now there's a true war. He literally just started a war with a prank. And it's it. We saw how 
smart he is, how studied he is. He should have known better, but kids are going to kids. And he's what, 16, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, he's about 16 in this looking 30 fucking years old, but 16 <laughs> nonetheless. <laughs> have you so, seen those memes about him? <laughs> yes, with uh, Martin Lawrence. And it's like, yeah. how old are you, 16? You look fucking 30. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, I have seen that. And I, it's, oh my God, it kills me. So the the war has begun. What do you think, without like book spoilers, as best you can. What do you think will happen in season two? I, th I think that there will be a very, very big event happen toward the beginning of the season. Um, it's hard to judge how far they're going to get. Cause what's funny is the first season of this show has spanned decades mm -hmm. and now seasons two, three, and four are only going to span three years in total. The Dance of the Dragons only takes place between 129 to 131 after Aegon's Conquest. So I, I'm interested to see how far they get in this next season. Um, but I'm fairly confident. That I know for a fact there's going to be a huge event happens at some point during the season. Um, potential for another big event to happen around the end. but. I've, now is now everything's set up we're ready to go we can just there's nothing uh, else that needs to be done it's just hardcore from here on out to quote matt rimke and now we go yeah that's the best way to put it yeah so there's another season yep there's gonna be four there's gonna be four seasons Whoa. so because there's four seasons it sounds to me like each episode or each each season will cover about a year that's probably fair. Which makes me feel like we can get some Andor vibes. Um, and yeah. if I'm not mistaken, Game of Thrones also each season's about a year, right? Yeah. So, okay. So now we're at that pace. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, we can have a big battle and then skip a few months and then have like another little tussle and skip a few months and type of thing. They, they said that season two will follow the format that Game of Thrones seasons three through six followed as far as pacing goes. Okay. So, Ooh, okay. That's good. And I think those are the best. Yes. Because, like, season two in particular, John and Egret walked in the north the whole season. I, they climbed the wall near the end of the season, but the whole season was like them walking through just the wastelands. Yeah. I don't remember whereas, a damn thing from season two. So, whereas, like, three, four, five, and six, like, four in particular, you had. Joffrey's wedding at the beginning, and then you had Tyrion's trial a couple episodes later, and then Sansa's whole ordeal with um, I don't remember if she I don't remember if her and Ram no her and Ramsay were season five. Oh, yeah. uh, Sansa with Littlefinger, and then mm. the Mountain and Oberyn's fight, and then yeah Tyrion and Tywin. So you had all these big events happening about every two episodes in those seasons. Yes. So I expect this is kind of how season two is going to be the peak of the throne saga for sure. Yes. yes, It was a bell curve. I mean, it was a really, it was a weird bell curve. Yeah. It was like C's a plus, 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 uh, does not compute. So, 
<laughs> I am very excited with the way this wrapped up and the way we're going forward. Um, yeah. I. So is there any character you did not hate even one time? They can, they can be dead by the way. I never, like you, I never really hated Laner or Lena. Um, I never hated Rainice. Okay. Um, Rainice. I've been calling her Raina this whole time, haven't I? I, have. I haven't even noticed. Well, uh, I meant Rainice. <laughs> but I, I've never really hated her. Um, yeah, I guess that's about it. Yeah. Everybody the Valerian, else, there's, right? there's at least been moments where I'm like, why would you do that? Yeah, I've had that a lot. I've had a lot in this series. I've I've kind of hated everybody at least three times by now. <laughs> and then there's Damon, who just like every five minutes I kind oh, of hate him. And, and him um, sorry, Harwin and Lionel Strong. Yeah, they were they were great. They okay. were great. I absolutely absolutely loved Lionel. Like he oh, was yeah. he was a dutiful man. Yes tried to resign because he knew he couldn't do his job and all that. What a guy. What a guy. A lot of respect for him. Yes. Now, uh, there was another question that I said we were going to cover. Now I don't know what it was. Awkward sauce. Well, that's that. We've survived the House of the Dragon season one. We have made it to the Dance of the Dragons officially. And that means we're going to take a very brief break, and then we're going to come back to stuff that JRB can talk about, including the news. And he's going to start off with his Black Adam general Im first impression. Impression. Thank you. I forgot the word <laughs> there. For I won't. Give I lost too much the away. word there for a second. Uh, you can call me Ultron. We'll see you in sixty seconds. We are a touring acoustic duo, crashing kitchens around the country. We go from house to house every Friday night, and we create music, we create food, a good time. We stream it live, and we do it for free. So now we're just really kind of like trying to develop it and build a community group that people believe in. Then they'll help us. So we played from our rehearsal room. We played from the bathroom. Thankfully, that didn't catch on. I probably played guitar in my room, not for anyone, in front of anyone. Nobody heard for probably about 10 years. And then one Friday night, we played from the kitchen. It's the main place people want to be. It's where the food is. It's where the drink is. It's where the best lighting is. You can go to any party, and I guarantee you, the kitchen is going to be popping. Our ultimate goal I think would be to crash kitchens every Friday all around the world. And we're back just in time for everyone's favorite segment. What the news? With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What the news indeed. JRB, are you ready to talk about some stuff? I think I you need to give us off the jump your black Adam impressions. I think that sounds like a great idea. Uh, Black Adam. I, uh, I've been really excited for Black Adam for a while now. And I, it's mainly because of how much I loved using the character when I used to play Injustice on the Xbox 360. Um, but it's also because Dwayne Johnson has been trying to get this done for over a decade now. And um, I went and I saw it on Friday uh, with a group of friends and um, I, leaving the theater, I was really happy with it. I was, I was, I, I left going, I'm glad I saw that in a movie theater, but the more I thought about it, the, the, I had a really hard time just trying to find something that was worth complimenting. Um, and, and it's not that anything was necessarily bad. There were a couple things that were bad that I'll, I'll, I'll briefly mention, but it, it just, it was kind of just, it was back to basics. It was a, an, an action superhero movie and I appreciated it for that. Um, the action, some of it was, was a little bit derivative of other things, but a lot of it was original and, and fresh and the, it had a ton of slow motion, but I think it worked really, really well um, for what they were showing, especially in certain sequences more towards the end uh because it it's it's not a a basic uh presentation of superheroes there's some complexity to the the relationships they have um and so in the sequences they share it 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 helps that they slow it down a little but um the body count of black adam was insane uh and the body horror too was surprisingly uh present for a a pg-13 movie um but one thing I will say that I'm really excited about is how excited I am to see not the Shazam movie that's coming out, but the first one, because I love the first Shazam movie and I've always felt like there's a little bit of a gap in it. And it's when they're talking about the the lore and the backstory of where Shazam gets his powers. And they mention, you know, Teth Adam, Black Adam's origin story in that sequence. Now we have a full movie to refer to when that wizard brings it up um in shazam which is really really cool um and i can't wait to see those two franchises collide um but in my opinion black adam should have come before shazam shazam would have been a way cooler follow-up if black adam had come before it um but retroactively i think it really enhances that shazam franchise that i really already love so um i liked it i i thought it was great and i think it makes other dc things better now and um there are other things we can get into if you want. I don't know how much we want to talk about, you know, the spoiler side of things. Um, Nathan, I, I, have you seen the movie, Nathan? I still have not seen it. Okay, actually. so I'm the only one right now. So we don't have to get into spoilers. But um, I am really excited to start talking about this movie with people because I like that Dwayne Johnson's done something a little bit new and a little bit fresh, but still feels very familiar um, in terms of like the genre. Um 
but it you know it kind of it, it really just felt like a combination of all the coolest ideas the rock had for black adam over the past decade you know it just felt like he mashed everything together that he had written down in his notepad over the years um so there were some parts that came off like terminator there were other parts that really felt like deep and emotional that felt more like a like a family drama almost but then it would cut right back into like action sequences so it was kind of a mixed bag but i it was a really fun movie to watch in a movie theater and um i think it makes some some pretty cool promises for what dc's going to do moving forward um but i I'll, i guess i'll ask both of you thomas i know you're interested in seeing it you just haven't found the time nathan uh where where does black adam kind of sit for you in terms of like your hype level for it like was this something you're excited to see or is it something you're like well i guess i'll see it since it's you know something new well going back to just even when i was a kid when i was very small dc has always been higher on my priority list than marvel has i've always resonated with the dc side of things more uh batman is my favorite fictional character of all time superman is probably either second or third um but all right i think we can all agree like the handling of the dceu up to this point has kind of turned me off to a lot of new ideas that they've had when things (laughs) have been announced i've kind of either rolled my eyes or have been like like with the suicide squad for example the 2016 suicide squad i was like oh this is actually such a good idea i'm 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 excited to see this and then it was what it was um but i always had a lot of hope for black adam um Mm -hmm. i like that character and i love the jsa um always have dr fate and hawkman are both two of my top characters in the dc universe they're but both like, great in this movie by the way that they, that's very encouraging to hear then very good um, but i kind of like thomas i just haven't had the time i've been busy with school the past couple weeks um but i hope i can see it sometime within the next week yeah no it's it's definitely one of the movies where i would say you got to see it in a theater just to have that experience because there are certain moments where you're going to go i'm so glad i'm seeing this on a big screen um so yeah uh one thing black adam definitely got right is it has that movie theater experience that people are looking for especially as we're getting into you know the fall season the weather's getting a little bit colder maybe not where you guys are but um at least where i'm at up in up in chicago uh you know the the leaves are finally starting to fall off the trees here and um so it's nice to kind of have that one last little blockbuster to kind of cap off you know the end of the summer, beginning of like the fall season before we get into like the, the winter movies like uh, Black Panther and um, Ant-Man next year. But um, yeah, I, I recommend it. I, it. I won't say it's my favorite, but it's it's uh, it's definitely better than other DC installments we've had the past few years. Um, so yeah, definitely, definitely worth going to see. Sweet. Yeah, I can't wait to see it when I can afford it, when I'm not swamped in bills <laughs> and playing catch up on months catch up. Of, of backlogs due to waiting on new job checks and stuff. <laughs> Gotta love it. <clears throat> so speaking of DC, this James Gunn guy, I hear this Jimmy G 
not Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, he's kind of oh, doing God. big things in the <laughs> FF universe. But here in the DCU, I totally we're doing it. We're doing DCU first. I'll switch around our notes. The DCU is now being run by James Gunn and Peter Safran. Saf Safran? Safran? Safran. Safran. Uh, JRB, would you like to read this? You want me to read this? Yeah, you know, uh, we're going to have a couple different reports from The Hollywood Reporter because they were on everything this past week. But um, THR shared uh, that the Suicide Squad and Peacemaker filmmaker uh, James Gunn and the producer Peter Safran were tapped to lead DC's film, TV, and animation efforts as co-chairs and co-CEOs of DC Studios at Warner Brothers. The said studios is a newly formed division at Warner Bros. Discovery that replaces DC Films. So, to clarify, DC Films has never been, like, its own entity at Warner Bros. It's always just reported to, like, the the heads of, like, the, the filmmaking department. So, it's always been, like, a subdivision of their filmmaking at Warner Bros. Now, it's like Marvel, where it's, like, its own separate entity, where James Gunn and Peter Safran, they only, they go straight to David Zaslav the you know the the ceo of uh warner bros discovery um which i'm not mistaken i think is a bit a more clear line of communication that they have with their ceo than kevin feige does with disney's at this point so they mm. they've completely factioned it off and said here we've had enough of trying to run this up our own ladder you run it and just run it by me and we'll see how it goes so i think it's crazy that they're doing this but um THR went on to say that this move is being described as unprecedented since it marks the first time that a top director will assume a top executive post. This also puts to an end a month-long search by Warner Bros. to replace former DC Films boss president Walter Hamada. Uh, good riddance, if you ask me. Um, and a what a freaking coinky e. <laughs> I like I like the way you think. Um the Hollywood Reporter sources also claimed that the initial overture uh, uh, to Saffron and Gunn came from Warner Bros. film co-chair Michael DeLuca, um, yes. who I'm not familiar with. Uh, Gunn will reportedly focus on the creative side of things, while Saffron will deal with the business and production side, um, which kind of makes perfect sense. I mean, those are that caters to their exact talents and needs. So I, I, I think this is kind of the perfect setup because um, those Kevin Feige's don't just grow on trees. I mean, he's kind of a freak in nature, you know? Um, it, it's it's hard to track down another person like Kevin Feige, you know? Uh, there's a lot more to this report. I'll, I'm going to jump to the end uh, to go over a, a joint statement from Gunn and Saffron about the news that okay. said, you know, we're honored to be the stewards of these DC characters we've loved since we were children. We look forward to collaborating with the most talented writers, directors, and actors in the world to create an integrated multi-layered universe that still allows for the individual expression of the artists involved. Our commitment to Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, Aquaman, Harley Quinn, and the rest of the DC stable and character or stable of characters is only equaled by our commitment to the wonder of human possibility these characters represent. We're excited to invigorate the theatrical experience around the world as we tell some of the biggest, most beautiful and grandest stories ever told what a Ooh. statement coming from these two my goodness um my first question is how long have they been working on this because uh they mentioned warner bros has been looking for a month how quickly do you think they realized you know everything james 
gun has touched over here has turned to gold. Maybe we should figure out a deal with him. Nathan, uh, how I don't know how familiar you are with Peter Safran's work or, or anything James Gunn has done outside of Marvel. Um, he, a lot of his stuff is very niche and doesn't really go up my alley. Uh, but what do you think of this news? How do you, how do you think this bodes for the DC universe? You were just talking about how recent leadership has made some pretty piss poor decisions, and it's 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 really kind of made some fans not want to follow this stuff anymore. Um, are you encouraged by this, or do you think this is another wrong turn? I've, I'm not very familiar with Saffron's work, um, but I've yet to watch a James Gunn project that I have not been totally crazy about. Um, Same. His, yeah. his two his two installments in DC so far with Peacemaker and mm-hmm. the Suicide Squad are two of the top, if not the two top projects since the dc eu has become a thing um and obviously what gun has done in the marvel realm i mean he took the guardians of the galaxy and made them household names uh, yeah made people care about all of these characters made people care about a raccoon and right a tree um he he has that charm especially with uh with team-up movies uh, you could, I mean, Guardians of the Galaxy is a team-up movie. Um, the Suicide Squad's a team-up a team movie. Scooby-Doo is a team-up movie. Um, <laughs> but I, I'm very encouraged by the news. Um, when I heard, when I heard about it the other day, when that when it broke, I was just, for the first time as a DC First fan, I kind of felt a sense of relief, like a sigh of relief, like oh, we might finally be going at least starting in the right direction oh wow that's awesome yeah that that's really good i honestly i think this is a a great step in the right direction thomas what are your thoughts on this news i love this james gunn uh overseeing the creative of the of this this universe the dcu shout out for cutting the e out uh i i love that peter saffron who's been making movies for longer than i've been alive if i'm not mistaken uh is gonna oversee all the business the money the the this the that you know how feige does both you don't need one person to do both you need a team filmmaking is teamwork it is the greatest team sport of all time i argue it's greater than football having played football having been the grunt on the ground in the trenches blocking for people who got all the stats i understand what it's like to be essentially someone on the crew who doesn't get the respect they deserve for their craft. And James Gunn gets that. Peter Safran gets that. I think the respect that they're going to have, listen, there's a very strong chance they can get everyone from the Justice League to come back. Sands Ezra Miller. Um, I think, you know, I think, no, (laughs) I think Ray Fisher comes back as Cyborg. Like there's a strong possibility now with who's in charge with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time no lucky land casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry in that case i pronounce you lucky Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
that he will come back whether they want him to or Do not. Do they want him back though? Listen, I don't, I'm not going to ask what they want because I don't fucking know. <laughs> <laughs> I think it might All be I know safe is to say they, they might want to find a new cyborg, but uh, you never know. You never know, dude. You don't know. They might have had, right. you know, right. they might have been like, oh, he's a lovely human being. I would love to work with him type of situation. But the fact is they are absolutely on the right path. Will it last is the question. Will, right. the, will they last? Because we don't really know what's going on right now with the Warner Brothers. It looked like they were trying to tank everything, but maybe they're not. This is like a, oh. Maybe we're not trying to tank everything we own. We're just trying to save money where we can so that we can use it going forward in the future, which, mm -hmm. you know what? Let's see where it goes. I will give it the benefit of the doubt. I will say, hear me out. If we do not get, and this is courtesy of Dan Slott, if we do not get a live action Batman Robin crossover with the fucking scooby-doo mystery gang i'm gonna lose it i need it james gunn has the power james gunn liked that tweet james gunn made scooby-doo give it to me i've only been waiting for longer than i've been alive because it's existed before i was alive that's how i knew adam west was batman that's how i knew that universe of batman and i was introduced to it via scooby-doo yeah it needs to so, happen we've waited long enough and also seriously i love the scooby-doo live action movies anyone who doesn't like it can jump off of a bridge a very small bridge only like 15 feet above the water i don't want you to be injured but i want there to be a lot of water and i want you to know how to swim <laughs> but i want you to be scared for 15 feet i don't know where this is going um speaking of dc there's big news. Big news for one of my favorite parts of the universe, the DC universe. In brightest day, in blackest night, no evil shall escape my sight. And I forgot the damn rest. I'm sorry. It's been a long day. Green Lantern, the series, is coming. But it's being changed. Again. Shocking. According to The Hollywood Reporter, the HBO Max Green Lantern series has changed plans with the writer Seth Graham Smith exiting the project. That writer, he had originally penned eight scripts to focus on Alan Scott and Guy Gardner, but the DCU outing will now pivot to star John Stewart. John Stewart was reportedly originally off the table for the project because they wanted to make a movie with him and with... Um, It'll hit me in a second. What was his name? Hal Jordan in a buddy cop team up movie rumored to have had Tom Cruise involved. Dead serious. If you don't remember this, just Google it. It was a real thing they were talking about. But a decision was made recently to, to make the pivot to focus uh, the focus on that following the departure of DC Films president Walter Hamada. Um, James Gunn and Safran will not enter their roles until November 1st. And they're pretty much in this report covering all the people who are no longer involved. Uh, yeah, I, in Whitrock, Jeremy Irvine. Yeah, in Jeremy Irvine, we're planning to play Gardner and Scott. Let me just break it down. As of now, only Greg Berlanti of the CWDC, the DCCW universe. That's right, I went there. Remains on board of the project with executive producer 
Mark Guggenheim uh, having not been involved as of late, allegedly. No one else is coming back to Green Lantern as of now. And he's still reportedly eager to work with both actors uh, if the project moves forward. Um, as part of the reshuffle, it's important to note the budget for Green Lantern is expected to be significantly less than the planned $120 million. Oh, what could have been... That's Which would be have tough. made it, yeah, made it DC's most expensive show ever. The budget reduction comes obviously as a part of the endeavor to save an estimated $3 billion, which has led to a lot of DC cancellations for tax write-offs. The eight completed scripts for Green Lantern is just the latest in the studio's estimated 2 to $2.5 billion in content tax write-offs. But Jon Stewart live action we've already seen him show up for 15 seconds in the snyder cut which was okay um but you know green lantern and if those who worship evils might be where i power green lantern's light jrb what do you think about this i am so pumped to finally see a live action john stewart outside of the Zack Snyder's Justice League. Um, I John Stewart was my Green Lantern growing up because he was in the Justice League animated series. He was in Justice League Unlimited. I knew who Hal Jordan was later, but I'm not joking. When I, so when I found out that Hal Jordan was like the OG Green Lantern from like way back when in the comics, I was like, he's white? Like, I honestly just thought Green Lantern was black. I just, that would... John Stewart Green Lantern was my Green Lantern and he still is. So like to to finally be getting a project for him is so cool. Um and I'm I won't I won't lie though the the budget cut for it is a little bit worrisome because it's already a TV series so that budget's going to be spread more thinly than it would be for a movie. Mm-hmm. And with mm-hmm. Green Lantern, I mean it's really hard we saw with the Ryan Reynolds movie it's really hard to have a Green Lantern project that takes place mainly on earth. Like you need a lot of it to be in space. You need to visit the green lantern core. You need to see everyone else on the team. You need to meet Sinestro and Kilowog. And like, there's, there's so many different players that you have to see that are not on earth. They could come to earth, but it would, it's still, I don't know. I, I think I'm getting a little too worked up over the, the limited budget that it'll have. Cause I have no idea what direction they're going to take with this. Um, but a little bit. Yeah. I, John Stewart is going to be an awesome, awesome character to dive into. And uh, I'm really excited about it. Uh, Nathan, this is another huge development for another big DC IP that has been hurting for some love for a very long time. Um, are you excited for another Green Lantern project after the, uh, the, the, my favorite, one of my favorite movies, but the flop that was the Ryan Reynolds Green Lantern movie. Are you excited for them to give it another shot? Very. I just I just want to see the lanterns done the way that they're supposed to be. However, that process happens. But um, you know, he's obviously a key part of that story, a key part of DC. Um, so yeah, I mean, I don't really have all that much to say about it other than I've I'm looking forward to it. I just hope that they can do it the right way and give the character the justice that it deserves. 
justice ah, I, see I didn't mean to do that <laughs> <laughs> it would be cool to finally have a green lantern in a justice league movie maybe who knows if it'll be connected to all the Someday. other dcu stuff but um yeah it would be really nice if it was yeah yeah um i will say jrb you're worried about the budget they might just use the volume for all space stuff and as we've seen the volume and space, amazing. The volume and reality, not as amazing. So I'm very, I'm, I'm okay with the budget cut, especially when you consider that they can do so much with the, with, with the, the volume, um, mm. especially when it comes to the space of it all. And I mean, they can throw a guy on a rig and be fine. Mm. Or they could not. I mean, who the hell knows, man? So Good point. Who the hell knows? Uh, moving on. Uh, we we still have multiple Marvel trailers we have not talked about. Yeah, let's talk about the Guardians holiday special. I don't have much to say, as we all know. I'm the <laughs> that trailer in the literally world, so, came like... out of nowhere. Yeah, from an account no one's heard of, and it was like, sue me, I don't care, and it just posted the full trailer, high quality, no problem, and Marvel was just like. Ah, okay. Here's the trailer. After just giving us an Ant Man trailer like a day prior, what is that right? Day or two before that? Yeah, they, I feel like I they dropped it, was... it yesterday. Uh, I, I honestly, all these days have become a blur. But um, yeah, I think the Guardians one was yesterday, and the okay. Ant Man trailer was like Monday. So like, I think so. Yeah, within 48 hours, we had multiple trailers for Marvel projects that are upcoming. Love um, it. But yeah, the Guardian special. Drax and Mantis are going to go kidnap Kevin Bacon and they're going to bring him to Star-Lord as a Christmas gift. How do we feel about that? Nathan, how do you feel? That's, that's the greatest plot that you could ever <laughs> ask for for something like this. I mean, it's so out there and so crazy, but it could only work with the Guardians and with it. I mean, it's just a perfect storm of chaos. I, I can't right. wait. This is what the Guardians should be. You know, this is this is the less than heroic type shit we expect from them, you know, where they think they're doing <laughs> a good thing. It's it seems noble in the moment, but it's really just causing more problems for Quill to have to clean up later. Quail. Quail. Yes. Peter Quail. I what I loved most about this is I didn't realize how much I wanted to see the Guardian, like specifically the ones who have never been on Earth very long or the ones who don't fit in with anyone, Drax and Mantis, walking around Earth like <laughs> fucking Buddy the Elf. Yeah. Just like, wow, look at this. Yeah, look at that. Wow, look at that. Should we hop on these lines? Let's do it. Right. Um, And, and it gives me real strong She-Hulk energy. Like just watching them, just watching them walk around like, wow, it's beautiful. And I'm like, it's a fucking street. Right. <laughs> I love that. I love the idea of they're just like so wide eye gumdrops, but it's also like real dumb humor energy. And they're looking, it's like, we're here to, hi, we'd like to see Kevin Bacon so we can have a Christmas present or whatever. We want to see Kevin Bacon. Your voice is so small and weak like a mouse. I wanted to make sure they heard you. And it's like, <laughs> dude, come on. Um, my favorite thing that I saw in this well, outside of like lighting up all of nowhere with Christmas lights, that was pretty. Um, that made me feel Christmas spirit. It's Cosmo, Cosmo it, the dog. No, good choice. You know I love me a doggy. <laughs> no, it's Groot, Buff Groot. Yeah, yeah, Bro Groot. 
I think I, well, you know what? I think I think he learned very well from one of his best friends. When Vin Mighty, Diesel said that we were getting Groot Alpha Groot, he meant Alpha Bro. He like <laughs> this Groot has been. He's been doing some curls. <laughs> he looks pretty ripped. Yeah, still, still definitely adolescent because he's not as tall, but like he's getting jacked. Very much so. Very much so. So, uh, Nathan, what are you? What are you excited for? Do we ask what he's excited for? I'm I blacking think... out like momentarily. I'm, I'm not gonna <laughs> Nathan, lie. Was there day. anything in this trailer that got you hyped for this? I didn't really Thank know you. what to expect from question. this holiday special, but like, what did this trailer do for you? Are you excited about any of this coming out of it? I didn't. I'm like you. I didn't. I had no idea what to expect. Uh, but looking forward now, uh, kind of the points you touched on, just them experiencing Earth. Um, right. Not an end-all, be-all, high-stakes yeah, situation, you know? It's kind of like, it's kind of just like a perfect Christmas movie, too. Yeah. I mean, because yeah. think think of these Christmas movies that we love, or well, or me at least. You mentioned Elf. There's like, there's National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Um, oh, yeah the live action Grinch movie. They're just silly. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. My, my literal, it's my top two. Right. Oh, I, I have to watch the Grinch at least five times during Christmas season, but they're just these fun, lighthearted, just laugh for however long movies that you can throw on. It's just, it's perfect for me. That's, it's all I need from something like this. I agree. I think that it's the the fact that it's a special presentation. It's not a full blown movie. I think helps yeah. a lot. Two oh, yeah. hours of this might be a bit much. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. But it's gonna be cool. I like that we're getting another holiday uh, themed Marvel project. It was Hawkeye last year, which is still uh, my favorite Disney Plus series so far. Um, and Nathan, you you loved it too, right? I think you and I were the only ones that really really liked it. Hawkeye is num still number two on my entire. MCU ranking movies, shows. Oh, movies Hawkeye. too. Hawkeye is still number two. Holy, what's number one? No way home. No way home. Okay, good. Naturally, quality first pick. Uh, wow. So Hawkeye is above Captain America: The Winter Soldier for you. It's above Avengers: Infinity War and Civil Endgame. War. Civil, Civil War, War was number it, one. Holy and cow. I think Infinity War was number two, but then... Dude, 2020... December 2021 yeah. <laughs> literally changed your life. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> That's insane. Wow. Okay, so, yeah. So, Christmas is is real big, big real big for you, then. Uh, there's oh, a good yeah. chance this holiday special could jump up there, too, huh? <laughs> Maybe. Mm. <laughs> wow. Okay, so... I, it may be way too early, but we'll call it a way too early uh, ranking expectation. Where do you expect this Guardians holiday special to fall on your MCU rankings, knowing where previous holiday installments have fallen? Well, mine have been pretty high, but uh, <laughs> I don't want to be too ambitious. Um, I'll say in the top half. Top half. Okay. Yeah. I'd, at least I'd say at that's, that's healthily ambitious. Yeah. Ambitious, but fair. Thomas, yeah. what about you? Do you think this Guardians holiday special is going to be, you know, a uh, cream of the crop or is it is it going to be more kind of just fall in kind of the noise of the mcu yeah that's a tough question man it's going to be it's probably too early it's, it's probably way too, too early, early. i'm it's going to be good let me just put it like this i think it's going to tee us up really well it's a, it's a special presentation man i don't like to compare the things the real question is how will it compare to werewolf by night 
and it's I shouldn't ask that question because it's literally like comparing Halloween could not to be fucking more Christmas could not be more different, right? So it's very exciting to see that they're utilizing the special feet, the special presentation as something uniquely their own, a true one shot. Like we're just going on, we're going on a quest. Yeah. Right. Right. Uh, so it's going to be a lot of fun and I, it's huge setup for volume three, right? Uh, right. Guardians of the galaxy volume three, not to be confused with the volume season three of the Mandalorian. Nailed it. Oh, uh, but, but speaking of which hated that James Gunn trolled us all by saying he was introducing his new favorite MCU character in this holiday special. And it was introducing Kevin Bacon. <laughs> is, that, is that who it was? Is that he, he, he did? That? Yeah, he did confirm after it came out that that's who he was talking about. So I, <laughs> I was like, are you kidding me? Nice. <laughs> that's like Paul Bettany and WandaVision saying he's worked with an actor that he's wanted to work with his whole career. <laughs> I, love it. I love it so much. We were guessing like Al Pacino. And like <laughs> he's like, no, it's literally me. I am a, you, know, you don't know. Uh, <laughs> oh man, you love to see it. Honestly, I love it when they like. That's why everyone who talks about the Taika Waititi Star Wars movie, and they're like, he says he hasn't even written it. He says he doesn't know what the story is. I'm like, he's also lied to us multiple times just to fuck with us. So like, yeah. don't right. take anything they say seriously. They like they're under NDAs, man. Like, fuck off. <laughs> but with love and humor, if that's possible. Anyways, um. <laughs> I don't have a good transition here. You know what has love, humor, and a little bit of dread? Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantum Mania. The trailer. The official teaser trailer has dropped. It's I it is I didn't I was not expecting the full trailer. I was expecting something smaller. Nice. I didn't mean to make that pun, but sure. Uh and they dropped the whole trailer, man. And I saw everyone reacting to it. It was blowing up my phone all day while I was driving around the gosh dang panhandle of Florida. Man, my draw came out right there. Did you hear that, man? Just cut it out of my tongue. Um, so I didn't get to watch it until like late in the day. I stopped at a, I had to stop at a rest stop, use the loo. And I was about to listen to the phase zero immediate reaction. Cause I'd seen that Liam was on it formerly of the direct. Now the King of comic book.com. Ooh, I almost got there. I almost had a double alliteration and I was like, I haven't seen the trailer yet. I got to watch this. Like I'm waiting and I watch it and I'm grinning from ear to ear. So much happens. Um, JRB, I'm gonna let you break down all the stuff that you want to talk about. Cause you know, I'm only here to talk about big daddy King King. Oh boy. Okay. So, uh, well, the gist of the trailer, uh, we, it doesn't reveal a lot, but it kind of does. Um, we learned that for whatever reason, uh, Ant-Man's daughter, who's been recasted as, I think her name's Catherine Newton is the new actor or actress, um, who is playing Cassie Lang. I believe um, so. She has built a contraption that can essentially like harness the quantum realm's energy or send some sort of signal into it. And Michelle Pfeiffer's character, Janet Van Dyne, looks at her and she's she's like, You can't do that. Like, there's something I haven't told you. Like, there's this really dangerous, uh, like that she doesn't explain what's going on, but she's like, You cannot go back there. Like, we're lucky to have gotten out of there alive. And it very clearly follows up on the mystery of Janet Van Dyne's powers that she had at the end of the second Ant-Man movie. 
Um, but eventually they do end up going into the quantum realm because that device, it's already too late by the time Janet notices what's going on. It sucks them all into the quantum realm and they go on this adventure to, to uh, either achieve what they were looking for or just escape. Um, and that's when they come across the civilization of, of, looks like just like outlanders or something like but it's just mm. people that are like scavenging the the quantum realm sort of how janet was found um and it just looks like this kind of mixed bunch of misfits sort of like what we saw in thor ragnarok with all the different gladiators and warriors um but then we come across a very advanced very organized civilization and that's when Thomas's ears probably perked up and his chest puffed up a little bit. And he said, daddy's home. Because then we see oh, yeah. a pan over of a man standing above everyone else. And when it pans up to his face, you see a glowing blue helmet. And you hear Jonathan Major's voice speaking uh, to Scott Lang. And he says, so what will it be, Ant-Man? Mm-hmm. And it's not the, the, the footage that was leaked from... Uh, comic-con it's no it wasn't it's it's a new trailer so yeah um uh it it doesn't make it clear how uh ant-man and kane cross paths or or for what purpose or if they're you know uh if they have a common goal and then something changes or if they're against each other from the start um or even really what the real stakes are that are involved but the whole family's in the quantum realm it's scott it's cassie it's uh, uh, Janet and Hank, um, and of course Wasp, uh, uh, Hope. Um, yeah, they're Hope, all they're all there. And Cassie's got a cool like purple suit. Like she's got her her. I don't know if they're gonna call her um, stature. stature or they are gonna call her stature. No, no that uh, okay. What's I her other know. name? I only remember stature. I think it's Stinger. Um, yes, sir. That is it. You're right. Uh, so I. Uh, to me stinger sounds way cooler but um yeah so that that's essentially a gist of it but she's got a cool suit they've all got a revamp suit uh evangeline lily's new wasp suit looks so much more yellow and vibrant it looks amazing um but yeah that that that's the gist of it um it looks like a huge bulk of this movie is going to be off world and it'll be in the quantum realm um nathan i know you've watched this trailer at least once maybe twice probably even three times. Um, what aspect of this are you most excited for? Is it Kang? Is it Ant-Man? Or is it another thing we haven't even mentioned? Well, if they do choose to have the majority of the movie off-world, I think I'm very excited for that. I think that would be a good choice. But the highlight is obviously Kang for me. Um, my reaction when you first see him in the trailer um I feel like that is going to be very similar, if not the same, to my reaction when we first see the live-action Thrawn in the Ahsoka trailer. Mm. Um, <laughs> Thank you. My wow. guy. My same, dude. He knows what show he's energy. on. Same energy for me. Yeah. When That's just – that's all that I can compare it to. Like, when I see – yes, that shot, that specific shot, I felt powerful like this shot. is how – this is how that, I'm going to feel when I see Thrawn. And that's the opposite yeah. of he who remains because he came out unassumingly out of an elevator eating an apple. This dude's yep. coming to fuck shit up. I can't wait yep. to see this guy. Same. I'm your conqueror. Listen, I love that you said that, Nathan, because I don't need a third man in my blue man group. 
It's just Kang and Thrawn, baby. Yep. Controlling the world, <laughs> traveling through time. Spoiler alert for the future, kids. I'm telling you, the world between worlds will time travel him to the future. I, got, I blacked out for a second. What was I saying? Oh, yes. <laughs> Kang. <laughs> um, Kang, baby. I am so effing excited for for this really quick i just got to give a shout out to some of the easter eggs of the trailer we get you know baskin robbins they always find out right they and always find out they always find out wasps um hope's new haircut and like suit and how yellow it is is just really doing things for me it's my favorite look of wasp in the comics ever is the short just the pixie cut with the uh yellow and black strong yellow suit going on um absolutely love it the fact they created a satellite like to the quantum realm is intriguing she also says we in that mm -hmm. moment who is mm -hmm. we who, yeah who, who, who is we i think she, she has a new partner we haven't met yet because cassie seems yeah. like a really important player in this and i don't think she figured this out with scott i think well, she's working with someone else i do want to say there's a strong chance the young avengers have already assembled i have no evidence of this However, comma, <laughs> you never know. She um, does already have the suit. I mean, where's the suit, suit coming from? That's something that I've been trying to figure out. You know what I'm saying? This whole time. Let's jump to Kang. Kang comes down as the king that he really is. And and I love that we instantaneously are just diving through a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. A, let's talk about Chronopolis. That place is gorgeous. It is rounded. I'm still, I thought it was the TVA. In the quantum realm. Obviously, it's been Chronopolis the entire time. I have never been more happy to be wrong because I thought the TVA was Chronopolis in and of itself. Hmm. So maybe, though, the TVA is inside of Chronopolis. There's it could a chance be part that of that it. is there's a chance that that is there and that I'm still right. I don't care if I am right anymore. We got Chronopolis, baby. In this, we also get a shot, a very flinting shot of Damocles' base. What is Damocles' base? I hear five people in the back asking. It's If you're watching and you see that one ship going into like the red and the green kind of area, and it's rounded at the back, and it, but it's got the that blue energy that we've seen in all the other ships, that's Damocles' base. That's his time ship. Um, it's what does it do? Uh, the base. Yeah, in the time the time ship. Well, is it, it kind of like the travels uh, through time? Oh, so it's literally like his time machine. It, uh, yeah, I I believe he also has his own time machine that he can just step through at any point in his like from his own body. Um, but the time ship does is normally what he takes to carry along great folks. So the heart of forever. It looks like he's putting some kind of energy in a ball inside of what looks to be maybe a battery or a, uh, it reminds me of the, what they used to hold the Tesseract in testing for both at the end of the first Avenger. Uh, it's kind of what this reminds me of that, the, the design of it, but this is the heart of forever. And I do have to read from here because I don't remember what the heart of forever it is. Um, it's featured twice in the trailer. It's a device that gives Kang the ability to power Chronopolis in and out of limbo and therefore across time. Uh, 
I believe this is written by Savannah Sanders. Says it could be the goober of the movie. <laughs> and with its power being ever important to Kang, it's very important uh, to mention that in the San Diego Comic-Con trailer, spoiler alert, um, something was stolen from Kang. And it could be this, right? It very much could be the heart of forever that was stolen. That's what Ant-Man is going to, to do, to take. Hmm. I want to talk about architecture and the art of it all to bring Thrawn into the world. Let's talk about circles, man. Let's talk about circles. Oh, I think I mentioned dying to talk about these circles. I think I mentioned at the very top, right? That all the circles are connected. Um, the Eternals circles imagery is seen as Janet Van Dyne opens something inside of the quantum realm. Uh, the circles that drop down both look like the 10 rings in design. Oh, I totally didn't open this up, did I? Awkward sauce, McGoss. Um, the quantum realm, uh, the the tin rings, you know, we've got the designs on the edges here. It would be nice if you zoomed in for me, guy. There it is. Um, <laughs> there we go. These, these rings maneuver around just like Fasto's rings of technology did. And they have the same markings and designs of the tin rings. Mm -hmm. the same energy it looks like as well as the bangle from miss marvel also in the um loki finale we see that there's and something that gave her rings. she was able to time travel with that too right she was able to time travel and the 10 rings stop you from aging throughout time so not oh. too different from because let's be honest, JRB, we're all time traveling. We're all just going the same effing way. Well, with those, you can go one way much longer than everybody else. Not to mention both the tin rings and the bangle are associated both the technology as well as the organization. Hmm. Um, now, in the Loki season finale, we see as they're describing him learning how to maneuver through time and dealing with time and multiversal travel. There's a ring surrounding him. But the thing that I love the most, that not a lot of people, I forgot that was going to do that. Spoiler alert, here's our notes. <laughs> the Mobius strip. The Mobius strip is just a twisted circle. And that is how he was able, he, of course, being a Stark, a Tony Stark, was able to travel through time in the endgame. I think it's all connected. I think because he's from the 31st century, he's taking all these little things throughout time and it is able to put it together and he creates his ability to time travel if it's not already been created and he just learns how to hijack it. The Eternals are going to be far more important than anybody realized. And I think that pisses off five people and it makes at least me very happy. Um, I think to get to... Secret Wars, Quantum Mania is going to open the box of what are all these MacGuffins we found. Like the Eternals are a MacGuffin in and of itself. We they have so much mystery behind them that we still don't comprehend. Like, sure, we know what they were created for, but like, are they the only ones? Look at Eros, look at Thanos, the brother of Thanos, etc. There's a lot more questions going on there than we realize. We have in that same movie. The black sword, I believe it is for the black the, the sword for the black knight. 
is, if I'm not mistaken, goes through multiversal, can hop universes. Also, as you wield it, you are poisoned and slowly turn mad, but you also live longer, if I'm not mistaken. There's a lot of playing with time here. We also saw the Fantastic Four, uh, Reed Richards guy enter. Wow, guy, like I don't know who he is, sorry. Reed Richards enter through what is actually a time square, a, a time portal that Doom usually uses and created. So there's a lot going into it, baby. Now, why does all this matter? Well, because as everyone knows, I love time. Time is my favorite MacGuffin in film, my favorite plot narrative. And I think that time travel, as we learned in Endgame, creates alternate react creates alternate timelines. Now, Kang playing through time, and as we saw, the sacred timeline was a circle. It's now branching. Now, it's the opportunity for multiple Kangs. <coughs> Excuse me, uh, multiple <laughs> Kangs. To come around, and here's the key. I don't know if something was stolen, if someone was stolen from Kang. I don't think this is the only variant of Kang that we see in this movie. And I love the scars on his face that create the comic accurate look. It's not, people are questioning who gave him the scars. Listen. I don't know. There's a lot of ideas. Maybe he gave them to himself. Yeah, it's probably him. X-23. <laughs> Just like the Thanos one where they saw the three lines on his face and they're like, Wolverine's got to be in Infinity War, I guess. You remember that? <laughs> no, I don't remember that. Oh, all I'm dude. all. Hey, listen, I'm pitching it. Like, I don't think it's true. But like my first thought was who could do that in one swing of motion? X-23. I like it. It's the only one. If it makes sense, that'd be cool. Or or Hugh Jackman not flipping him off in the middle. Like, I don't know. But but like it's that. I I also I also really enjoy the idea that he gave him to himself. Whether that means he himself gave it to himself or he himself, a variant, gave it to himself. I think we're forgetting the most influential, the most important, the most exciting part of this trailer. Bill Murray is coming to the MCU. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> he was in the trailer. And even still, I'm thinking, like, what role is this guy going to play? He's going to, it's like he's going to be, uh, uh, what movie was he in where, like, when they found him, he was basically already dead in his home? Um, Zombieland. Zombieland. Thank you. He's going to be, it's going to be like in Zombie where they just like happen upon Bill Murray and that he just tells this story to get them to the third act and then that's it. I don't get what he's going to do in this movie or how he's going to be important, but I am excited to see him. And he gave uh, Kang the scars. You know, he was, <laughs> it a, was Bill Murray. Yep. He was a Ghostbuster. <laughs> Kang. Gave the quantum the realm is where they send the ghosts. Yeah. <laughs> God. Damn. Oh, I love that. Oh, we're going to oh, see man. the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man come next. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I. I love this trailer. I can't wait for the next one. I, I think I'm going to eat up Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania trailers like I've never eaten up anything before because Kang, baby. Like, I've been waiting for so long. I wanted to play Kang. That's fair. I'm, I don't look as good as Jonathan Majors. I'm not as jacked as Jonathan Majors either. Oh, my goodness. Oh, I could you that guy? Yeah. Guys, literally just 
Wow. I, I want to see him and Thor fight shirtless <laughs> just because I want to see who's I want to see who's in better physical shape. There we go. I had to phrase my words real carefully there because I knew JRB would take it out of context. I would take it and run with it. Yes, you would. Speaking of running, that's the end of our weekly series of lights thunder action our next episode will probably be reviewing in-depth black adam at a date who the hell knows honestly at this point i don't know um whenever i can see it also we maybe we'll save black adam and black panther for the same episode um maybe not that doesn't feel right it doesn't feel right because i've been i just saw something about a post-credits rumor and i was like Listen, I will also go <laughs> off on that alleged character for a long, long time if I need to, because that's a character also four letters in their name that I want to see fight King. So, um, Nathan, where can everyone find you and follow you on social media in your journey throughout the galaxy far, far away? Uh, really, the only social media that I use is Twitter. Um, and my handle is Nathan Smalls underscore 13. Awesome. We all follow him. We're talking about all the latest Marvel Star Wars news literally every single day. And when it's not that, it's about something fantasy related like uh, Lord of the Rings or mm. House of the Dragon or the NFL. Uh, so nice. <laughs> find him on Twitter. You can also find me, John Ross Bradford, at JRB underscore direct on Twitter. Also follow me on Letterboxd and Serialize to see all my latest thoughts on the movies and shows I'm watching. Thomas, where can everyone find you? You can find me on Twitter at TC Rochester Act. That is T-C-R-O-C-H-E-S-T-E-R-A-C-T. Um, don't forget, you can find this podcast on Twitter at LTA Podcast Inc. We will still be active. We still exist. We're not going away forever. We're just going on mini hiatuses until it's big goodbye. projects come out. See you later. Yeah, like I'm sure, uh, by the way, we didn't mention this. November 25th is the drop for Guardians holiday special. We'll probably have an episode in or yeah, around it's that. It's literally a month away. I know, which is why I think they dropped the trailer. Also, day after Thanksgiving, let's fucking go. Um, That's awesome. That's really cool. Yeah, if I don't have Mando season two or three, I, at least I got Guardians. So <laughs> let's go. All right. Huzzah. Um, any recommendations for the audience, JRB? I'm finally caught up on Superman and Lois, so catch up Ooh. with me so we can watch season three together when it comes out probably next summer. Um, I think they're still shooting it right now, so it'll probably be here next spring or summertime. I'll try. Uh... <laughs> I think it's a lot easier of a watch than House of the Dragons, so uh... <laughs> <laughs> it's 15 episodes a season, so you got about 30 in total if you haven't watched it yet. But um, So they're... I got 25 to watch. Yeah, cool. no, they're about like 40 minutes each. It's a... It, it, each episode is really well written and thought out and it is, um, yeah. it, they tackle some really real world issues, um, both family and society related. Um, so it's a very real show for how unreal the circumstances may be in it. Uh, so yeah, Superman and Lois. Nathan, do you yeah. have anything to recommend to the audience? Barbarian. I just Barbarian. He was just night. telling us about this. Yes, yeah. I, was, I was telling you all about that this morning. I watched it last night. So good. I, I, you can't even talk about it because you'll spoil something. So watch <laughs> Barbarian. It is so good. I was so tense. Uh, so, yeah, that's. It is a horror movie, right? 
It's, yes. It's, it's, it's a spooky movie for a spooky season. So I should watch yes. it before Halloween or on Halloween probably, right? Yes. During the daylight. Probably. During, yeah. Okay. Well, all right. I... <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I got, uh, I don't even know what I have to recommend. Um, oh, you know what? I got you. It is Star Wars lo-fi music on YouTube. They also have a playlist on Apple and Spotify. It is, it is, I believe it is closed Sundays is the, the handle that you can find. They take Star Wars music and they mash it up. And some of them, I'm just like, man, I'd love to write a rap to some of these. Like they're just <laughs> bops, dude. Closed on Sunday on YouTube. I, I, I snagged their Spotify playlist because again, they're amazing. But guys, gals, and non-binary pals, we've reached the end of the show. Thank you, Nathan Johnson, for joining us. I could not have talked about the season finale of House of the Dragon without an expert uh, in this universe. Because as we know, I only watch the shows because I never learned how to read. Thank you, Florida Education System. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was. I've really enjoyed being on. I love talk. This is all this stuff are the universes that I love. Uh, so it's always a pleasure to get to talk about it. Can I add? Sorry, I just thought of this. Can I say yes. one thing really quick? Yeah. Please. This is this is kind. This is a, a joke, but it just shows you how crazy my mind is. I figured out how Mephisto is going to connect to the MCU, and it has to do with the movie Halloween Kills. Oh, <laughs> okay. So, have have either of you seen Halloween Kills? I yeah. No. Okay. In the end credits of Halloween Kills, there is a song played, and it's called Hunter's Moon. It's by the band Ghost. I don't know if either of you listen to Ghost or listen to no, I don't. heavy metal or anything no. like that. So Ghost has another song called uh, Call Me Little Sunshine. And one of the lyrics in that song is Call Me Mephistopheles, which is Mephisto's full name. Mm -hmm. Judy Greer plays in Halloween Kills and the first two Ant-Man movies, but she's not in Quantumania. So therefore, Judy Greer is going to be replaced by Mephisto in Quantumania. <laughs> what? <laughs> I love it. That is absurd. That is fan-fucking-tastic. Oh, my gosh. Oh, wow. You heard it here first. It's not Madison. It's oh, Judy Greer. It's, it's Judy Greer. She's it's not a scroll. Cassie's she's mom. Mephisto. Oh my gosh. Glorious. Oh, uh, man. <laughs> what a great way to wrap up our weekly show with one of the best fan theories I've ever heard. <laughs> Hiccup. It's such, <laughs> such a loose thread, but I love it. <laughs> oh, man. If anyone could tie it together, it's us. Look at us. Who wow. thought, right? I mean, As always, hey, nice. I know, right? As always, there could be no show without the Iron Man variant to my right. World famous journalist. Jean Ross Bradford, bringing a much needed eloquence and wit. Thank you to Terry McIver and David Thompson for your work behind the scenes. Thank you to the HWWS Web TV family for supporting us and carrying us on the network on this weekly basis. And hopefully, on our special event drops to come. Most importantly, thank you to you, our fans, that join us weekly, whether you're watching on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, or listening via Apple Podcasts, Good Pods, or Spotify. We appreciate you spending your time with us. Whether you're watching on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, or listening via Apple Podcasts, Good Pods, and Spotify, 
We appreciate you spending your time with us. And we really, really hope that when you stick or that you do stick with us when we switch yes. from our weekly streaming format to our special presentation form, much like Marvel's doing with Disney Plus. Uh, please like, follow, subscribe, um, le leave us a comment and a review, preferably five stars, but only if, of course, you think we are worthy. Worthy, 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 worthy. As always, I'm TCR. I'm JRB. And I'm Nathan Johnson. Thank you for joining episode 106 of Lights, Thunder, Action. We will see you in the future. Chicka, 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 chicka